What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the WWE on Fox SmackDown Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, here to discuss the best wrestling show of the week, Friday Night SmackDown, the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns show. Oh, man, I was so excited going into this episode. I was so excited to see what the follow-up was going to be from the Royal Rumble. We're seeing just... This epic storyline unfold in front of our eyes. It's so awesome to watch every week. And I was genuinely excited as the show was about to begin, even before throughout the day, knowing that we were going to get the continuation of this storyline because everything has been done so well so far that I was really just looking forward to seeing where the next phase goes. I wanted to know what Sami Zayn was going to do, how they were first going to show us Sami Zayn again, what kind of reaction Roman Reigns was going to get in front of the crowd if he was going to talk about Cody Rhodes. So many of these things. We're going to get to that. That's the end of the show. (coughs) Excuse me. Apology. I'm excited. I got myself all worked up already. I'm over here (laughs) coughing. Oh, man, excited to talk about all that. That's the end of the episode. We're going to get to that. Before we get to that, first and foremost, I hope you all had a fantastic week. If you're listening to this right now, it's more than likely Saturday, Sunday. I hope your week was well. I hope you're having a good weekend. hope you're looking forward to next week in some fashion. But don't just take it easy this weekend. Feel free to take it easy this weekend. Don't do too much. You'll be good. You'll be good. We can relax this weekend. I myself, I'm going to the Coliseum at the Clash, something you should be watching on Fox this Sunday. Make sure you check it out. It's going to be dope. I'm going to be watching it there. I believe uh, there's going to be another WWE superstar on hand or two. We already saw some Clash at the Coliseum talk on this week's SmackDown as well. That might have been my second favorite part of the show. Also, we're going to get to that. But I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you're doing well. Let's dive right in. Well, actually, no, wait, before. Before we dive right in, excuse me, before we dive right in, make sure you guys are leaving those reviews for the podcast if you enjoy listening. If you're a weekly listener, I appreciate it so much. But those reviews help so much. I read them on the podcast as well, so if I see new ones in there, I will make sure to give you a shout-out on the show. I think we're also going to be doing a giveaway for the the last out-of-character title belt very soon, as well as some out-of-character shirts, so keep your eyes open for that one, or more like your ears peeled, because it's probably going to be podcast thing only, so keep your eyes out. Excuse me, I said it again. Keep your ears open and ready for that. I'll let you guys know more about that soon. But really, leave those reviews. I appreciate it very much. And I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Charlotte this week. I really enjoyed that conversation. You know, the last time she was on the show, it was very heavy in our our conversation just because of the topics that we were talking about. That was via Zoom. It was really cool to sit in person with Charlotte Flair getting to chat with her. She's the nicest person when you just get to see her up close and personal, just not in her, in her zone. Uh, Well, even in the zone, she seems like a nice person, but I'm just saying she's really, really cool. Really, really nice. I'm super glad that we got to do that one in person, in person. Uh, She is 
going to go down as one of the all-time greatest women's wrestlers of all time. So anytime you get an opportunity to sit and chat with a GOAT, it's awesome. Sometimes she'll say things, and I don't even think she realizes how cool they sound. And then then you have to remind her, like, that was actually really cool what you just said right there. You sounded like an absolute Michael Jordan-level superstar when you said it and didn't even realize how great it was. So uh, appreciate her coming on the show. Thank you so much to Charlotte Flair. Being on Out of Character, if you're listening to this and you didn't check it out, uh, we talked about her time away, her wedding with Andrade. We talked about... The dental surgery that was keeping her away and a bunch more. So make sure you guys go check that one out. Super cool to hear her talking out of character, just being a regular human being. All right, now we can dive right into this week's show. I say dive right in five minutes later. But here we are. We're diving into SmackDown where the bloodline arrived. Sans J Uso. They're asked about where he is. But at this point in the show, they refuse to comment on his status in the group. We'll get to that, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Let's get to the first match of this week's show. Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Imperium. This was the final match in the tournament to decide new number one contenders to the SmackDown Tag Team titles. At one point in the match, Ricochet Ricochet shoved Gunther. That was hard to say those three things in a row. Ricochet shoved Gunther, and after Gunther shoved him back, uh, so he got ejected from the match. Actually, my little slip-up right there, (laughs) I'm really glad that only one person tweeted me about my broccoli (laughs) slip-up on the last podcast. I was really disappointed in myself for that one, but I'm glad only one of you pointed it out. And only in a very subtle way. You know who you are. I appreciated it. It made me laugh, but nobody else continued that. Thank you. After the break, Braun Strowman tagged back in and wrecked house on Imperium. Then he hit a monster bomb and tagged Ricochet back in. Ricochet then stood on Strowman's shoulders and hit a brutal-looking senton bomb to get the pinfall victory. So, yes, Braun Strowman and Ricochet are now the new number one contenders to the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I liked this tournament. I thought it gave us a lot of good tag team matches, and I'm someone who appreciates tag team wrestling. So, good to see nice, solid tag team matches that led to this. I think I just, as I talk about this, Excuse me, I got to cough again. <coughs> Sorry about that. As I as I talk about this, I just I'm just not sure how I feel about a team winning that wasn't in the tournament when it started, especially over a team that's on fire now, uh, right now, like Imperium. I just I I just it was a lot of like established teams, and I like established teams and I like that we got established teams wrestling but then they all technically lost to a team that's just kind of been thrown together at the last minute you know what so I don't cough in your ear again I'm gonna take a sip of water give me one quick second okay excuse me that's better now I guess though at the same time I do realize that this is most likely 
just going to be a filler title defense before the Usos inevitably drop the belts at WrestleMania. So I guess it really doesn't matter. These are two baby faces that'll make the Usos look good in a title defense. The The match will feel maybe different than some of the other ones we've seen. Uh, big guy, little guy moves. It'll be interesting to see how the Usos deal with that, how they wrestle against that. Obviously, we're going to get a conflicted Jay Uso. I would imagine we're going to have to get a conflicted Jay Uso. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to defend their titles. Who's going to? There's no one that can step in for them at that point. I don't think. I don't think they're going to let Solo step in like Sammy did recently in the match because of an injury. So, uh, I think we're going to get a conflicted Jay Uso, and I'm assuming that that's going to be the real focus of this storyline. I've also been wondering, as I watched this episode, I was thinking Braun Strowman and Ricochet are this thrown-together team. And I think that they've been trying to build this camaraderie between the two of them. And obviously, this started after Braun Strowman made comments about the flippy wrestlers. And since then, it's almost like he's been getting... Since then, it's almost felt like we've been getting uh, a Braun Strowman who's been more open to the flippy guy. And now he's teaming with the ultimate flippy guy. And they're doing well together. But it makes me wonder if we might see Braun versus Ricochet as a feud at some point going forward. Big guy in Braun Strowman. uh, The ultimate flippy guy in Ricochet. Getting it in a bigger capacity where there's a feud behind it where maybe Braun Strowman actually turns heel this time. He thinks that Ricochet screwed him out of the title. Because I don't know, I think that even though Braun Strowman has been a welcome addition to the roster, I do think he might be better as a heel still. And so far he's been a face since he came back. Obviously people like him. Uh, He's a big dude. He's a big dude to look at. But I almost think he might be. He, he, I think he might be better at this point as a heel. I don't. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, and so because of that, um, I could see a turn happening against Ricochet for some reason. Mad taking his anger out on his flippy guy friend. I could see that. Um, but as for the match itself, the match at hand, uh, the match was solid. I enjoyed watching Imperium versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Um, I just think Imperium are killing it right now as a trio, so I didn't love seeing them lose. But obviously, that senton looked brutal. That senton, oh man, I, I looked like, oh man, I just was thinking about how much my stomach would hurt since I don't have abs <laughs> if that were to happen to me. Next was Charlotte Flair responding to Rhea Ripley, choosing her for the title match at WrestleMania, but she says right now she had to keep her focus on Sonya Deville. Sonya then hops in to say that it's going to be her against Rhea at WrestleMania and says they'll see each other in the ring. Smart to obviously address the fact that Charlotte Flair knows Rhea Ripley has challenged her not to overlook Sonya Deville too much. Uh, quick, nothing nothing harmless here. Next was 
yeah, this was the <laughs> absolute funniest part of the show. Uh, footage was shown of the Judgment Day and Dom confronting Rey Mysterio and New Day like he's done at Rey Mysterio's family events for the holidays. Ray asks Dominic if he wants to get spanked again like when he was a kid. And they're challenged to hash it out on the racetrack. They're then shown racing on the track against each other while talking smack to each other over the headsets. Over the headsets, which was honestly amazing. I died when I saw Ray Mysterio have his mask on and then put the helmet on. It just seemed so unnecessary. It also seemed so unsafe, but it made me laugh. It's just one of those things... Where it's like, you can only see this in pro wrestling. A luchador with a lucha mask in a race car racing the son who has besmirched their family and talking smack about how he's going to spank him. And then we're seeing smack talk over the headsets between father and son. We're seeing quotes from Talladega Nights. We're getting an outside element to pro wrestling and when i see this i say this is one of those things that you can only see in pro wrestling these are the things that make me love pro wrestling things that are just so off the wall so silly so out there but still at the same time there's meaning behind it i die i love it so much this is why i love pro wrestling yes i love the matches the matches are amazing but you cannot see this kind of thing anywhere else. Where else besides pro wrestling are you going to see a legendary luchador in his race car racing against his son for disrespecting their family? And while it's happening, he's talking crap the whole time over the headsets in a, in a NASCAR race, not even a wrestling match. You can only see that kind of stuff in pro wrestling. I love it so much. This was great. Oh, so good. I'm going to be at the Clash at the Coliseum. It's on Fox this Sunday at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Make sure you guys are watching it. Uh, this was just so much fun to me. So much fun. Uh, just And then you got you got Finn Balor in the bucket hat uh, and the jumpsuit. I saw Xavier Woods posted a... A thing where he compared him to the guy from Jamiroquai, which had me crying, laughing, just the whole thing. It was just so silly. It was so silly in the most in the in the best way possible. Um, just you know, then Dom gets out of the car. He's mad. He loses. He throws the helmet. We get a scuffle at the end. Um, just. It was so much fun. I love this. If you, I hope you guys like this as much as me. Because, yes, of course, I love the pro wrestling matches. The pro wrestling matches are obviously the thing that make me want to stay the most. But these are those elements of just, like, <laughs> of just fun. Of just fun that you can't get anywhere else as an adult. It's just, it's just you know, you can never relate to something like this. We're never going to experience something like this. But we get to experience it watching pro wrestling. It's the absolute best. Next up, we had Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville for the SmackDown Women's Championship. A match which, not to, not to brag too much, but a match that happened technically because of the Out of Character podcast. 
but I don't want to set a precedent there. I definitely, now that I think about it, I've set a bad precedent. I guess getting a title match by interview by, by interrupting my interviews is not something that I want to push on the the world, I guess. I don't need to put that out there into the universe too much, but it did technically happen because of out of character. So keep that in mind. That's a cool one for me to keep in the memory bank forever. In the match itself, Charlotte hit that cool handstand clothesline. I saw some people say to me, oh, it's too slow, or I don't like when she does it. I love when she does that move. I think it looks awesome. Not long after that, she locked on the figure eight and got the win. Okay, so this was a short match. It was a solid match, and it also served its purpose. I think most importantly, it served its purpose, and I think that the purpose of this little side feud between Sonya and Charlotte Flair was not necessarily to give extra juice to the Royal Rumble at all. What it was, was to give something for fans to look forward to right after the Royal Rumble. Something small, yes, but a title match with Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville on SmackDown. Just something that you can look forward to. I think one of the one of the biggest positives of Triple H's you know time in running creative has been promoting matches ahead of time, where we know some things we're going to see rather than going into the show completely blind, just taking whatever we get because we love watching it so much. But now we've had things promoted in advance, little small side feuds like this happening, concluding on a random SmackDown, just little things happening. You know, a tournament where we know some matches are going to be taking place, a reason for something to lead to something but it's like we're getting these things in advance which i think is very much appreciated so i think that really that's what the purpose of this was to give people who watch smackdown something to look forward to directly after the royal rumble once the hype from royal rumble had died down a little bit you go oh hey look we got this title match you know we've got the end of this tournament i think that's smart i think that makes people want to keep tuning in but it also if they're not thinking about tuning in it gives them a reason to smart strategy when you want people to watch a television show the bloodline are shown in their locker room after this as roman asks jimmy where jay is at jimmy says he hasn't heard from him and roman asks if he finds that disrespectful roman pushes as if jimmy wasn't telling the truth and jimmy says the same thing so Roman reiterates how important it is to find Jay Uso right now. Next, we have the Brawling Brutes versus Viking Raiders. Ridge hitting Alabama slam on Ivar here, and it looked insane considering the size difference between them. Ivar followed that up with several elbows in the corner that also looked pretty painful. The Raiders eventually won this physical match with the Ragnarok powerbomb. And then McIntyre and Sheamus came out for revenge and brawled with the Raiders on top of the ramp. All right, this match itself, dope. I think that these are four hard-hitting dudes. These guys were laying it in. Laying it in. I was like, whew. I felt the pain through my television screen on some of these bumps. Specifically, man... You know, Ridge Holland is someone who is still fairly new in the game. You know, the other three guys have been in it a lot longer. You know, the Viking Raiders have an extensive background, years and years 
of experience. Same with Butch, formerly known as Pete Dunn. Dude's been wrestling since he was like 12 or something like that. Uh, but Rich Holland, fairly new, but really has, you know, after having some rocky starts, has redeemed himself, has really, uh, you know, stepped up, has really made himself uh, into uh, a pivotal part of this tag team to where he really does hold his own within it. The Alabama slam looked awesome. Dude is strong as hell. <laughs> that took some strength to do that. I have been wondering, though, when the end of the Brawling Brutes is coming. It's got to be soon, right? The end of the Brawling Brutes, they haven't been hanging out as much. McIntyre is with Sheamus all the time. We never really see Sheamus with the Brawling Brutes that much anymore. And you got to think that those two guys are pretty angry about it. I actually want to see, and this might be, I don't know, I kind of want to see Butch versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. And we see a breakup story around them. I also kind of feel like we're going to get Gunther versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Just with everything that we're, we've seen going on, I feel like that's the biggest match that Gunther could have at WrestleMania from the SmackDown roster. And if he gets that win, it's going to be huge for him. I know some people will say, oh, no, Drew McIntyre can't job to Gunther at WrestleMania, but I think he can. I think Drew McIntyre will be willing to put Gunther over like that in such a big way. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't asked anyone. This is just my personal opinion. But those are two matches that I could theoretically see at WrestleMania. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tell me if you think I'm just crazy. These are two things I've been spitballing in my mind. But I do feel like, regardless, uh, a split between the Brawling Brutes has to be coming. Right? Am I tripping? What do you guys think? Tell me what you think. It's something that I've been wondering. Next, Bray Wyatt sat in a rocking chair backstage. And Uncle Howdy walked up to put his hand on Bray's shoulder. Then gave a creepy look in the camera. I don't think I talked about it on the Raw podcast. But I did watch the Pitch Black match. Once I got some time to myself, I was in the airport watching it, and it looked cool. It definitely looked cool. I think the only reason it fell short with some people was really the you know the match being fairly short, and then the post match thing where Uncle Howdy missed LA Knight kind of gave people a reason to to hate. But now that Howdy and Bray Wyatt seem to be working in accordance with each other, I think that's also what we were supposed to get from this little moment between them is that uncle howdy is slowly creeping into control of bray wyatt's mind again i think that's what we're supposed to be getting from all of this but i'm still not quite sure this was short so that's all i was able to glean from this segment next shotzi versus Shayna baszler versus natalia versus zelina vega for a spot in the women's elimination chamber match. These four put in work here. You know, they were starting the match off with back and forth action, and it allowed each to rapidly get their stuff in. The action continued after the break until Natalia locked Zelina in the sharpshooter to get the win. I love it because I didn't even think about the fact that we're going to be in Canada, man. 
of course Natalia's got to be in the elimination chamber match for this for this event. If the event's in Canada, you got to have a heart who's on your roster on the show because much like Sami Zayn, she's going to get that heart pop in Canada. Why? Well, excuse me. He's not going to get the heart pop. He's going to get the Canada pop, the hometown pop. She's going to get that heart love hometown pop in Canada. I don't know. I guess I worded that weirdly, but I think that it makes all the sense in the world for Natalia to be in this match. I was wondering if maybe there'll be, you know, a last chance match at some point as well. I don't know. Uh, no, actually, now that I think about it, wait, hold on. Did I, uh, what's the order look like now? I didn't write it. Of course, Ryan, me me being unprofessional here, I did not write down who all the competitors are right now. Oh, no, there's only one spot left, so there's not going to be a last chance match because there's that other, there's already another match scheduled for Raw, so I take that back. Because Shotzi would have been cool to have in that match. Shotzi gets hardcore. Um, Shayna Baszler is pretty dominant, so if she's not winning the match, I can see why you wouldn't want to put her in there. Um, Zelina Vega would have been a good choice as well. But Natalia really was the most logical choice here. Uh, legend on the roster. She's a Hart family member, which means she's a legend in Canada. You got to give that one to Natalia. Who's, who, who, you know what, who, I gotta say, Natalia underrated on social media. People talk about people working on social media and some of the, you know, things they'll do, like Sami Zayn, who's great on social media, you know, but Natalia's social media underrated with her assistant Bob and all the stuff she does on there. I crack up at the stuff that she does on social media. She's so funny to me on there. It's like one that people don't talk about enough. People don't give enough love to because she's been around for so long. But her social media stuff cracks me up. Lastly, we have the Bloodline locker room. And everyone apologizing in the locker room for still being unable to get in touch with Jey Uso. Roman tells the group they need to be as strong as they ever were heading into WrestleMania. He then see. <clears throat> He then says that he has uh, a full spread of food waiting for them in the bus, but he wants to go to the ring alone. So then Roman makes his entrance after the commercial break, and before he can even talk, the crowd is chanting for Sammy. Roman says he'd rather talk about Cody Rhodes, someone who won the Royal Rumble and deserves his attention, but, quote, you simple folk have reduced me to talking about the past. Roman says there's two sides to every story, and he wants to tell his. First, pause, because I'm going to talk a lot about Sammy. I'm really happy that it was at least addressed that Roman has Cody in the wings. Because say what you will about this Roman uh, and Sammy versus Roman and Cody conversation about WrestleMania... Say what you will about that. Cody Rhodes still had a big return and won at the Royal Rumble at the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. Should at least be acknowledging, no point intended, that that happened and that Cody is 
in the wings and the most important man on his tail right now. Smart, good. You don't want to disregard the fact that Cody Rhodes won the match. You don't want to make it feel unimportant in the eyes of the champion, especially if the possible plan is to have Cody Rhodes dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. All right, so that just that out of the way, I think it needed to be said because I think that ultimately, you know, we are the person who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns is going to be Cody Rhodes. So we want to make sure we continue to make that feel as important as possible. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's going to be Cody Rhodes in just a second. We're going to get there. So uh, Roman explains that at War Games, he told everyone that he saw everything he needed to see, but what he saw was actually greed. Someone looking to use his island of relevancy. Sammy then jumps Roman from behind and goes on the attack to a massive pop from the crowd, but Roman fights back and gains the upper hand. Oh, I thought I had muted that. As always, I didn't. Uh, Sammy, uh, Roman requests a chair, but Sammy hits him with a spear, and the crowd goes nuts. Sammy picks up the chair after that and chases him away. He then takes the mic, saying that Roman was wrong. He never wanted anything from Roman Reigns until now. Now he wants to take the undisputed Universal Championship from Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, Sammy turns around, however, and eats a super kick from Jimmy Uso. Solo and Jimmy beat Sammy down after that, and Roman returns to the ring. He then stops Solo from taking Sammy out with the chair and gets in Sammy's face. The crowd chants for Jay, uh, and Roman tells Sammy that Jay isn't here because Sammy broke up their bloodline. He then says he wants Sammy in Montreal at extreme, excuse me, at Elimination Chamber, and he's going to break him in front of his entire family. Say, uh, the whole thing, he's like screaming in Sammy's face at this point. Just screaming in his face. And we just see him breaking down. How freaking good was this? First and foremost, Sammy just coming in on the attack was kind of unexpected at this point. I definitely didn't expect to see Sammy just rolling in there that hard on the attack and almost one-upping Roman Reigns for a second at least. Uh, you know, almost one-upping him. Uh, you know, just a man on fire. How great was that? As someone who's been a fan of Sami Zayn since he came into WWE, just of this Sami Zayn character, I mean... So just, it makes me so hyped to see the evolution of where this character has gone to where he is now is so cool. I'm just like, I was just elated watching this, just going like, man, I can't believe this is something we're actually going to see. We're actually going to see Sammy Zayn challenge for the WWE Undisputed Universal championship against Roman Reigns and the people watching the majority of people watching would love to see Sami Zayn dethrone Roman Reigns and his long title reign that's crazy I love it so much 
I say that's crazy because I just never thought we'd be at that point. I never thought that the majority of the WWE universe was ever going to get on my level of enjoying this character. But everyone is on board now. Everyone is behind Sami Zayn. These are unreal pops that he is getting right now. That being said, that being said, um, you know, the conversation I referenced for referenced earlier about whether it should be Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn against Roman Reigns for the title. I think this. I think what we're getting right now is the best possible outcome. Because we're getting Sami Zayn in a title match. That's ultimately what we wanted at the end of all this. I don't think the ultimate goal had to be he dethrones Roman Reigns. I think we just wanted the outcome of this story to benefit Sami Zayn. And that's what it has done. Sami Zayn is on another level than he ever was in the company these past few years. He is on a whole new playing field. He even talked about it. In that recent interview, he said that he's at the tippy top right now. And this is the first time he's been at the tippy tippy top. He's been at the top before, but now he's doing stuff at the tippy top. And I think that that's ultimately what I wanted to see. That was ultimately the thing that I felt like he deserved. Yeah, would I love to see him win the title? Absolutely. But here's what I really think. I think that the person who beats... Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal Championship after all this time needs to be the person that's going to carry this company on their back the way that Roman Reigns has these past few years. And even in that interview that I referenced earlier with Ariel Helwani and Sami Zayn, even he said he's not sure he's really that guy, the guy that, that can carry the company on his back. He's not necessarily like the John Cena or the Roman Reigns. And I do think that I you know that that he could be WWE champion one day. In the near future even. I just believe that the person who is going to beat Roman Reigns needs to be the person who's carrying this company on their back going forward. Someone that's going to be doing a bajillion interviews everywhere. Someone who's going to make the company, uh, draw in tons of money as the main event person. The guy who people, you know, want to, you know, who, who can look like an absolute superhero, um, who can be the corporate person, who can be the, every single action figure and look like a walking, talking, uh, you know, larger than life superhero. I think that's Cody Rhodes. I think that's Cody Rhodes. That's what he was brought in for. He's someone that you can put the company on their back and he'll run with it and he'll rise it even he'll 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 take it on his back and he'll lift it even higher. I think that's someone who Cody Rhodes is. And he deserves that opportunity after everything that he has done for the wrestling industry and for everything that he has done for us as fans. I think he deserves that moment. We wanted to see it right before this. I think that Sami Zayn becoming WWE champion is something that's inevitably going to happen. And I think that you can make it a Mick Foley-like moment when it does. Because, in fact, 
the whole allure of Sami Zayn when he was a good guy in, in NXT for a while was that he couldn't win the big one. You can redo that storyline, which was so popular in NXT, of Sami not being able to win the big one. And do it again now, starting with this WWE Championship. So when it does finally happen in a Mick Foley-esque way where you weren't expecting it, I think it's even crazier. I just don't think that moment is right now. I think that the moment needs to be someone who's going to be the next John Cena, who's going to be the next Roman Reigns for the WWE, who's going to be someone who's on that level for the company. And I think that Cody Rhodes is finally an opportunity of someone who can help with that. So I think that because of that, Cody has to be the guy that dethrones Roman Reigns. It's the story that we all want to see. And I think that, yes, we want to see Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. But thankfully, we're getting that before. And like I said, I think that it means we're getting the both the best of every world here. We're still getting Sami Zayn versus Roman. And then we're going to get the WrestleMania match that takes us into the next few years where Cody Rhodes is going to be one of the top guys in the company alongside Roman Reigns. And I'm stoked for it. The guy deserves it. I'm pumped for it. So I do think that that is, where, that, that is what is going to happen. And I think it's the right call. And I'm really glad that we're getting Sami Zayn in a title match before because that satiates everything. Everyone is satisfied at that point because we all get what we want and what we need and how we can all be satisfied going forward. I don't think it becomes a Daniel Bryan-like situation because fans are getting what they want still. Sami Zayn's not being kept out of anything. As we can see here, Sami Zayn is getting a huge, massive push. So I'm pumped for this. Elimination Chamber, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Hyped. That's going to be awesome. All right. I am done here. I'm officially wrapping up. Make sure uh, to follow WWE on Fox on social media. Go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. It's where you can find the video version of Out of Character every Wednesday. It's where you can find clips from the show. Clips from Raw. Clips from SmackDown. YouTube Shorts. There's a community tab. There's so much there so make sure you go subscribe to the wwe on fox youtube channel and also if you've listened this long hopefully you're subscribed to this podcast feed as well and if you are i implore you to please go hook it up with a review on apple podcast that's where you can type a review in and i appreciate it very much i'll read the best ones here on the podcast and also Leave, uh, I think, on Spotify. That's where you can do stars. So do the stars. Do the stars on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Or just spread the word. Or, or just don't. Just keep listening. I'm just glad you enjoy it. You don't have to. I've only i I've done it. But I, I only do it when I really, really enjoy the show. So hopefully you guys really, really enjoy these shows. And feel, feel the obligation to go leave a review. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm going to stop guilt tripping you. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the WWE on Fox SmackDown Roundup.